Hey, what's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cudajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. In this episode, I first want to discuss some news coming out of the virtual winter meetings that are happening right now, including some interesting reports about George Springer and a new minor league signing from the Mets. And then in the second half, I'm going to get into the news that there may not be a universal DH in play next season and the implications that has for the Mets. So before we begin, I just want to let you all know that I am on Twitter at PodMets. On that Twitter, I post updates and news about the podcast and would love to interact with fans like you. So head on over to at PodMets. I'd love to hear from you guys and hear any of your thoughts about the podcast or what's going on with the Mets. So that's at PodMets on Twitter. So let's get started with talking about the virtual winter meetings that are happening right now. So the winter meetings kicked off on December 6th and today, really December 8th, has finally seen some signings kicking off with... Carlos Santana going to the Royals, Adam Eaton going to the White Sox, and then last night, actually, uh, Lance Lynn got traded to the White Sox. So there have been some moves, not any major moves with the big major free agents that I've spoken about before, but some moves. And the Mets have not really made any big moves, but they have made one minor league signing. So finalized today, the Mets signed right-hand pitcher Jared Robinson to a minor league deal. He's 26 years old, and he spent his entire career in the minors, which has been six years. As a part of the Cleveland Indians farm system. Through those six years, he has a career ERA of 387 with a 1.368 whip, and he has 7.6 strikeouts through nine. So, you know, that's that's a pretty good stat line, honestly. It's a pretty average ERA and a pretty average whip. Some good strikeouts through nine. He seems to be a solid pitcher in the minor leagues. Additionally to that, he has a 97 mile per hour four-seam fastball and a slider that is in the 80s. So, you know, while this signing may not be one of the biggest signings the Mets make all off season. I think this is a really good indication of how they are working to build their farm system and build the young players that can come in and fill in roles. You know, the Mets have had players like this, like Paul Sewald in the past, who just really have not worked out when they come in, when the Mets have an injury, they need a player to be called up to come help. And they're not really that much help. So I really like the way that they made this signing and they signed them to a minor league deal. You know, it's not really going to be that big of a hit to their salary as well as not really going to be adding any player that's going to take away positions from players that they have now or players that they may want in free agency. So to me, he has a decently high ceiling. Like I said, he's got a 97 mile per hour fastball and a mid 80 slider. That's really good. That's a good arsenal from a pitcher who can come in and be a relief pitcher. He's 26 years old, like I said, he's not that old, and he's got experience in the minor leagues with some pretty good stats to show for it. So I think that this signing is good because he can come in if there's an injury in the bullpen, he can come in maybe if there's an injury in the rotation, but I I don't know if I exactly see that happening. But I think he can come in when the Mets are depleted at bullpen, you know, that happens every single year to every single team when they've just had a rough stretch of games, they have pitchers who just can't pitch they're not on their normal rest they need to get more rest you call up some guy maybe it's this Jared Robinson and he comes in he gives you a couple innings maybe he's not the best ever but he I mean the way that I'm looking at his stats and his scouting report it looks to me that he has a pretty high ceiling and the Mets didn't pay too much for him he's probably going to sit in the minors for a little bit but he's a young guy who's he's not old it's not like you're you're spending money on an older pitcher as well I think this is a good signing and I like it it's not the biggest 
biggest signing. It definitely will not be the biggest signing of the offseason. He's probably not going to come in right away and be an impact player in the bullpen. But he's a good player. It seems like he's a good pitcher. And I like the way that the Mets are spending their money or starting to spend their money on some young guys to bolster that farm system, bolster that bullpen. I know last podcast I talked a lot about Trevor May, who will be an impact player. He will be in the major league bullpen. But Jared Robinson, I think makes a good case for being in the minor leagues ready to go if you need a hard-throwing pitcher to come in and help out the bullpen if some guys are hurt or need more rest. So while this may be the only signing the Mets have made so far during the winter meetings, there's also been some really, really interesting news. I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll call it interesting because Buster Olney last night came out and said that he is willing to bet his family farm on the fact that the Mets will sign George Springer. Now, this is something that should be music to Mets fans ears. Now, again, this isn't a guarantee or anything, and this is not him saying the Mets are far along in talks. There was nothing specific, but he was saying that he was willing to bet his family farm, which is reportedly like hundreds of acres large. So that's a pretty hefty bet that he's making right now. And I think that's just something that's really awesome to hear that a reporter would make that big of a statement about the Mets signing a huge free agent. And I've gone into it before on this podcast, how big of an impact player I think George Springer can be. So as you know, with the past the past few years, the Mets have struggled with their outfield, especially defensively, and fitting in different players here and there in center field, in left field. Last season, they had Marisnik and Nimmo playing center field, and then with Marisnik's injuries, you basically basically saw Nimmo there the entire year. And then left field has just been a carousel of players. It, there's really no way to describe it. A carousel of players who are, are just not outfielders. You have Dom Smith, a natural first baseman playing in left field. You have Jeff McNeil. You have J.D. Davis. So signing George Springer, now you can put a natural outfielder in Nimmo, who his numbers are drastically better in left field than they are in center field. You put him in his natural position of left field, you put Springer in his natural position of center field, and your outfield looks awesome. Your outfield now would be Springer in center field, Nimmo in left, and Conforto in right. That is a superstar outfield with great bat ability as well. Obviously, we know Conforto's abilities at the plate. We know that Nimmo, although he is streaky, he is an on-base machine. He draws walks, he gets hit by pitches, and he can also drive the ball out of the park. So you've got power in right and left, and now with Springer, you put an amazing batter in center field. He can get on base, he can hit the ball and drive for average, first of all, but also he can hit for power, and you've seen that both in the regular season and his ability to to hit in the postseason he has 19 postseason home runs so he is a great player both in the regular and postseason and I think he would just really bring a much needed glove in center field although as I've talked about again before he's not the best glove available in the outfield but I do think he is the best bat available for center field and I think his stats back that up and I think you just shore up your outfield perfectly with him. So I think this report from Buster Olney, while it may just be his speculation and his prediction of what he thinks will happen, it is a, it's an encouraging sign to see a reporter make such a bold and intense statement like that about the Mets signing such a highly touted outfielder and player that a lot of teams have reportedly shown interest in with the Blue Jays showing interest in him. I think there were reports about the Detroit Tigers also showing interest in him as well. So clearly this is a sought after free agent and a free agent I've obviously spoken about saying that he would be awesome for the Mets. So 
it's awesome to see a reporter talk about this. It makes me very happy as a Mets fan. I would hope that it makes all of you listeners out there very happy as Mets fans. And again, I've said this pretty much every episode of this podcast. This is just a really exciting time to be a Mets fan. We've never really had an offseason where we're in the running for multiple major free agents and have the expectation that the Mets could sign more than one of them, which has just really, as far as I can remember, never happened. So it's great. It's awesome to here I like the signing of Jared Robinson like I said for the start of this winter meetings and I love the reports coming out about George Springer so before I get into talking about the universal DH I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll get right back into it okay and welcome back so Now that we're done talking about the winter meetings news, I want to talk about some major news that is going around for the entire MLB. And that is the report that the MLB sent a memo to teams to operate under the mindset that there will not be a universal DH in the 2021 season. So this isn't set in stone, but it seems to be moving in that direction. So as we all know, in the 2020 season, a lot of new rules were implemented, including a universal DH on top of changes with the extra innings rules, and obviously there were some changes that were just going to happen no matter what, like with bullpen pitchers having to face three batters, that's something that was going to stick, but the universal DH is something that has been talked about a lot, and then finally we got a taste of it in 2020, and honestly it was perfect for the Mets. The Mets really needed the universal DH to help structure their lineup because they had an excess of players who were able to play both the field and bat, but they didn't have enough positions for all of these players to go into so the universal dh allowed them to put all of their good hitters in the lineup specifically with dominic smith and pete alonso so as we all know they're both first basemen and they kind of differ in their skills in the field with smith being the better fielder but based on alonso's 2019 season there was really no way you could take him out of the lineup all the time just for smith's defense so Then the Mets were forced to, do you put Smith in left field, or where do you play him? Do you find another position for Smith to learn, or do you take Alonzo out and just platoon the two of them? But with the Universal DH last season, and as the season moved along and we saw who could play left field and who couldn't really play left field, it was perfect for the Mets because they could swap Alonzo and Smith in and out of the DH spot, especially, it was especially helpful when Alonzo was slumping and he just needed to focus on his hit apart from his fielding. So the questions now arise with the universal DH possibly going away is what do the Mets do? Do they put Smith back into his role of being on the bench and subbing in, being a pinch hitter every once in a while, playing when Alonzo needs a day off, or I guess if Nimmo ever needs a day off, you can put him in left since he has experience there. I don't know if you do that or not because he had a great season last season. And see, this kind of confusion in balancing the players the Mets have is really the main issue of not having the universal DH. I don't think that it would be a wise decision for the Mets to trade Smith or trade someone who could play in left field like Nimmo just because who knows this this could be a one season thing where the MLB says no we're not having universal for DH for 2021. Maybe there's a wide spread dissatisfaction with that determination and they eventually go back to it in 2022. I think there are ways to work around this. You know, simplest solution, you go back to the way 2018 or 2019, I mean, was run with Alonzo playing first, Smith 
pinch hitting or filling in when he could or playing in left field if a player needed a break. Obviously, there are injuries that happen every year, so you don't want to take away this depth. And if you have two first basemen who have the ability to play like a starter, this isn't a bad problem to have. You know, I'm, I'm making it sound like this is really bad. There's no way that any of these players are going to get to actually play, but it's really a good issue that the Mets have right now. They have too many players of great ability, but not enough places to put them. And if, like I was just saying in the last half of the show, if they do sign Springer, you're not really going to be looking to play Smith in left field because now you have Nimmo, a natural outfielder there. So you now have Davis, McNeil, Smith, who have all played left field. Davis is likely going to be at third. McNeil is likely going to be at second with Cano being suspended this offseason. So it really just comes down to where do you put Smith? Where do you put Alonzo? I personally thought Smith played really well at first base. He's a better defender. That's simply just a fact compared to Alonzo's defensive ability. But I don't know if you can really justify taking Alonzo out of the lineup every day. He has that power. He has the ability to hit 50 plus home runs or last season he was on pace to hit, you know, over 30 home runs. So, you know, it's hard to justify taking away that power and leaving it on the bench for good. But on the other hand, I'd rather not leave Smith who hit for way better average than Alonzo did. Alonzo went through his honestly terrible sophomore slump season last year where he really struggled at the plate while on the other hand Dom Smith excelled at the plate he came in clutch a lot of times where the Mets weren't coming in clutch he was able to hit doubles as well as home runs so he showed himself to be a more well-rounded player last season compared to Alonzo but Alonzo did have that super super amazing rookie season in 2019. So I don't really know if I have a, a true answer of where I would go with the Mets right here. I don't know if I would say definitively right now with there being, you know, three, four months before the season starts, oh, you need to start Alonzo over Smith. I think in the end, one good way to deal with the situation is to platoon them, maybe go back and forth, maybe start Alonzo for like 10 games or so and have Smith then come in for a couple games on the other side and go back and forth or maybe if Alonzo seems to be hitting relievers better than he's hitting starters maybe you put him in later in the game and start the game with Smith as the better defender at first base I don't know it's hard because they're both great players and they're both players I'd love to see in the lineup and that was why having the universal DH was so so convenient for the Mets this past season so it's Really unfortunate that this seems to be the way that the MLB is going. Sticking with having the DH only in one league is just so inconvenient for the Mets, who have an ample amount of talent, but just not enough positions to field them all. You can't put all of these players on the field at once because now you're giving a spot to the pitcher to hit in the lineup. So in the end, I'm kind of unhappy with the fact that they are going to probably... I mean, it, again, it's not set in stone. I know Howie Roseman, the Mets radio broadcaster said, hey, I have a feeling that the MLB won't go this way. But it just seems that if the MLB is sending on a memo to operate under that mindset that there will not be a universal DH, that it's likely leaning that way. Who knows? Maybe something positive will happen and the MLB notices that 
people don't like the idea of taking that away after we got a taste in 2020 so maybe they stick with it but it just kind of seems like that's not going to be the case and the Mets are going to have to adapt it'll be interesting to see how Luis Rojas structures his lineup I have a feeling it'll honestly come down to performance in spring training because it's tough to make a decision after the crazy season that went down in 2020 and the performances of Alonzo and Smith and who knows maybe Smith comes out and he has a rough season compared to Alonzo or vice versa then your decision is pretty easily made but it's really going to come down to how players play in spring training before the season starts and then as the season starts to get rolling who is batting the best but it's just tough because who do you put there to start the season and that's really the main question is who do you start the season with at first base my best guess is that to start the season just to make things simple they're going to stick with the way that the Mets were rolling with in 2019 with Smith coming off the bench but like I just said that could easily change depending on performance and I think that Rojas without the DH to kind of fall back on is going to have to keep these players on a tighter leash when it comes to performance if you're performing bad you lost your job if you're performing better coming off the bench then you want it back so I think it'll go back and forth it'll be tough it's just unfortunate that the Mets have to have this kind of bounce back and forth with these players when clearly Alonzo and Smith are both fan favorites and they're both good players although Smith definitely seems to be the more rounded first base more well-rounded first baseman I mean compared to Alonzo but we'll see I guess that's that's the the moral of the story is we'll see. I'm just unhappy that it's gotten to this point and that's the way that this mess season is going to have to go. So that's going to be it for this episode. Just to recap, I really like the signing the Mets made of Jared Robinson for their bullpen in the minor leagues. I think he could be a great asset to the team eventually, maybe coming in, playing the role similar to what Paul Sewald has done, but more in the bullpen. And I obviously love the report and the bet that Buster only made about the Mets signing George Springer. On the other hand, I don't love the report about the Universal DH possibly going away next season. I think that's really just going to cause too many problems that the Mets don't want to have to deal with between who do you start, Alonzo or Smith. But I guess we'll just see, and that's the moral of the story is it's way too early to tell how everything will shake out. So I just want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please go check out my Twitter, tweet me, let me know your thoughts, let me know what you think about the Universal DH, George Springer, Jared Robinson. I love talking about the Mets, and I'd love to talk about it with you guys as well. So that's going to be it. Thank you so much again for listening, and let's go Mets.